<laughs> hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Honest Pod. I'm D, man. Jeremy. Drake. And we have a special guest, Dana, from River Bottom Records. How are you doing, Dana? I'm doing great today. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. Thank you for inviting us down to do a show down here. We appreciate it greatly. Thanks for having me. Hey, In no my problem. Own place. Huh? Thanks for having me. In my own place. <laughs> hey, you know, we spare no expense. What can well, I say? Well, we figured we'd invite you, you know? Yeah, really. I'd <laughs> be sad if we did a show and he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So, we should probably start with the sponsors, right? Yeah. Okay, it's one of, we're sponsored by... Spare Change Inc., where they make your change in the dollar bills. They're located in Good Haven, America. Where that is, we still don't know. And we're also sponsored by A Hero's Legacy, which is in Manchester, Massachusetts, Manchester, Massachusetts, Manchester, Connecticut. Wow. Um, want to thank Scott again for the interview the other day. I appreciate it. You were great. And now our other sponsor, take it away. Hi, my name is Dana Pelkey, uh, owner of uh, Riverbottom Records on Canal Street in Putnam. Uh, you can locate me on Facebook at Riverbottom Records. Uh, number here is 860-942-6552, and uh, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. as, as our line was that I used a couple times, if, it, if you don't have it, you can find it. If you I can can't, get it. If you can't find it, it don't exist. I can get it. <laughs> so, Dana, tell us a little bit what made you decide to open a record store. Wow, that's, a, that's quite a long story, actually. Um, used to own a uh, small bookshop and found out that... Uh, uh, it was actually books and uh, gifts, and uh, as far as running like a gift shop, people buy gifts um, when when they need them. Um, they buy books when they want them, which uh, was a leaves, you, leaves you in a yeah. loop a lot yeah. of the times. And uh, one day I just brought a, a box of records in, and uh, people went crazy, so I just kept doing that and uh, got rid of the books and gifts, and just uh, just did did records. I do records and CDs and uh, it's just kind of like the natural evolution in an aging bass player is to open a record shop. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long has it been going on? Um, I've been in business uh, about three years. About three years. Three years I've been uh, a collector all my life, although I don't actually have a collection, um, but um, I, I love music. Uh, it's, it's my passion. Um, I listen to it here. I listen to it at home. I listen to it in my sleep. I share it with others. Oh, you're waiting yeah, for yeah, me? Yeah, we're wow. waiting for you. <laughs> oh. So, um, Dana, isn't it also true you actually play an instrument and you were in a band once? Oh, I've, I've been in a lot of bands. I've been uh, playing bass uh, about 35 years. I've been in a, a lot of bands, most of them uh, rock bands or uh, metal bands. Um, the last band I was in was quite a while ago. Don't really have much time for it anymore. Uh, you know, load in, load out. Load out at uh, 2 o'clock on a... Three o'clock on a, on a Friday night, Saturday mornings, it's always on a school night for me. So I just really just don't have time for it anymore. But uh, I was in a band, uh, last band I was in a couple of years ago, uh, Stone Crusher. I don't know if they're still playing at all. Um, we had uh, released a few few albums, one of them on Capitol Records. We actually went out to Ohio to release an nice. album on Capitol Records. Uh, nice. I think I actually have the CDs still. So you toured yeah. a little bit? Um, locally. Locally. Uh, before that, I was in a band. Uh, um, Geez, long, long time ago, prophecy. We used to uh, tour a bit on the on the East Coast a bit. What did you do? Like bars or like clubs? Yeah, mostly bars. Clubs. Yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. open up for anybody famous that we'd know, or like um, viewers might know, or anybody that became famous? <laughs> no, I've been in bands that um, opened up. We opened up for Joan Jett and the Black Quartz. So we um, opened up for uh, Foreigner. Um, wow, I've nice. opened up personally. I've opened up in other bands uh, for. Um, D. Snyder, who was uh, from Twisted Sister, he was in a band called uh, Widowmaker. Yep. Um, oh, geez. Uh, uh, yeah, a few, a few other big ones. A few other, few other big ones. But cool. 
Oh, you named enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, I didn't mean to stop you there. Yeah. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Two questions in and we've already got him stopped. It's like, it, he's like, uh, is this over yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably when you get to his checkered past. <laughs> yeah, do you have to, we, we look for that. You look at checkered past. You know a guy 10 minutes ago just left with the uh, checkered past album. That, oh, uh, man, you know, it's all about that, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Uh, checkered past by checkered past. Oh, is it really? That's great. <laughs> and he might have had a checkered yeah. past. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, that and the Netty Money album. Wow, well, that's good. Definitely go together. So this, this, so. <laughs> Lord, this might me. just be more laughing. That might be, yeah. Well, it usually <laughs> is with him anyway. Yeah. How long have we known each other? Now? Oh my God, I don't remember. Uh, thirty years. Why don't we? Well, about, about thirty years. About thirty. So yeah. why don't you share? Why don't you share? Because Dana, just to let you know, before Dana owned a record store and a bookstore and all that, he actually worked at a, at a comic book store, which we won't name, but. When he was there, Dana, why don't you tell me the story about how we met? Well, it's funny because at, before I worked in the comic shop, which was a long, long time ago, um, I, I worked for uh, Rick Road. But be, I mean, before that, um, I, I, I was a, a, a carpenter before I started my career as a prophet. Right. But uh, <laughs> after that, <laughs> and, you had the, and you had the look with the beard, but <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a point. really long Santa Claus looking beard. Yeah. Um, Children used to come up and hold his hand. Yeah, yeah. Before the beard, I had the hair. I had big mom yeah, hair did. back in the day. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. It's that's another evolutionary thing too. You start losing your hair, you grow a beard instead. You know, <laughs> so you get some tattoos and you know. <laughs> but uh, no, I worked. Uh, wow. <laughs> I worked for I worked for Rick Roden at his comic shop uh, for about seven years. I guess that would have been uh, the '90s. Um, yeah, about yeah, that. Into the early 2000s or so, and uh, I met Daryl. I, I don't actually remember when. We actually met face to face. But do you want uh, to leave the store, probably? Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, actually, you gotta, you gotta kick him out. It was one of the few stories I hadn't been thrown out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The word on the street is that Daryl has been thrown out of a lot of comic shops, which uh, I don't really understand. It, you know, how the a, comic villain. Yeah, I, mean, I guess evidently. It's the word on the street, and I don't know how a rumor like that would have started. But no. um, wow. <laughs> um, Daryl used to call back in the days before. Well, I wouldn't say it was before the internet, but before in the toddling ages of the internet. Yeah, the pre-dawn, uh, yeah. You know, when you had like, dial-up. Yeah, well, dial-up. Yeah, yeah. Remember, <laughs> remember you had MySpace and your yeah. first friend was Tom? Remember, yeah. Remember that guy? yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And who the hell was Tom? But anyway, yeah, it was Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, so I met him that he used to call up every Monday um, with a list of what was coming out, and he would match it against my list of what was coming out for comic books. And uh, the fun, the fun thing was, he'd have to he'd have to read the list down and go, "Yep, that so one." So you no, just no. basically waiting for the call, and then you just started writing your list after he was no, naming no, no, them no, off. No, no, I had no, 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 it's actually it was a sheet of paper. You I had like a three or four page list, and uh, Daryl had at least a two or three page list, and uh, I'd have to read what was coming in. And uh, whether you know I want that or I don't want that or what covers that, and, and it never really mattered because what no. actually came in on Wednesday never matched. No, 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 never. No, it's like, hey, where's this stuff? Yeah, that didn't come in. What? Well, that was around the time yeah. too. You probably had the phone on the wall still, so you yeah, had to call yeah, around yeah, one. Yeah. You probably took that thing off the hook a couple of times. Oh, right? right, yeah. He used to dread Mondays with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. big time. It was a good time though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then uh, let's see. After that, uh, I worked. Uh, Rick had sold his comic shop. Um, he had sold it to a fellow named Troy Potter who ran it for, I don't know, what, about 16, 17 years or so? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Troy had it for a long time. I worked for him for about five years. Um, Troy is one of my very best friends, and I love him dearly, but we can't work together at no. all. Not at all. I mean, uh, he'd, he'd want to choke me, and, and, and you know, uh, at the end of the day, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know what just happened today. So uh, <laughs> we, just, we just couldn't, we couldn't make it work. So, uh, you know, um, but behind the scenes, I always, uh, I priced comics for him. 
um, behind the scenes and did did a little little behind the scenes stuff for him for Wonderland Comics. So I think all in all, I probably worked for Wonderland for uh, in the house for twelve years and behind the scenes altogether about twenty. So we're gonna give a shout out to Troy. Hey Troy, what's happening? Bro? Hey Troy. This is me doing the big time. Hey, whatever. <laughs> now, now, what we forget, there's other things. Uh, other things I want to uh, share about Dana that people made. Number one, Dana hooked me up with a with a uh, with a walk. Walking Dead number one. That's right. When it was cover price, it's now going for quite a bit of money. So that I thank you for. Yeah, yeah. And I also have to thank Dana for, for um, as far as comics go, suggesting quite a few comics that I really liked. Uh, Transmetropolitan comes right to mind. Transmet That's was a, great. Right. Wasn't it was it? awesome. That was a great. You hooked me up on that one. Yeah. Um, there was other books. I think uh, I think you also hooked me up on Preacher. Preacher was fantastic. The Preacher that, was fantastic. Yeah. Even till today, it's still one of my favorite reads. But the reason you got me got me into those is it got me to read more Vertigo's. Like I would have never seen Hundred Bullets. Oh, Hundred Bullets was great. You know, you know yeah, yeah. Um, even the even the unknown uh, unknown soldier they did. That I love the unknown soldier. Yeah. I loved. I mean, the Vertigo books. I don't know what's really coming off of Vertigo these days. But, Nothing. Uh, well, really, they started you know, it up again. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I loved I love Vertigo stuff from the moment they started coming out. I remember uh, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, sure, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, Preacher, um, when I got into Preacher very late, probably by uh, issue 40 or so, but it was funny, I'd, I'd see the guys coming in Saturday morning, just glassy-eyed, asking me, is Preacher in it? And then, I mean, they almost had this glassy-eyed look like they were slapping their wrists like they were heroin junkies. Yeah, yeah. They'd walk in going, is it in yet? Is it in yet? <laughs> they do yeah. that walking dead now. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so, and, and I was like, oh, hell, I gotta check this book out. And uh, it was uh, it was a ripper, you know, and then... Well, then, Soon, Saturday mornings, you know, on Wednesdays, yeah. was like, is it in you? Know, I was doing the same thing. Yeah, you're, you're beating yeah. them to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The funny thing about it, though, is it's like the greatest thing about Preacher was they try to offend somebody at every issue, pretty much. Every, every, every issue. single page. Every, oh, yeah. You, you flipped the page, and you read, and you were like, oh, my God. I cannot believe he just said that. Yeah, exactly. And you flip the page, and it'd be even more shocking. Every you know, page. I'd be, I'd be, I would be wrong if I didn't mention two other books that, for, um, for uh, Vertigo that were incredible. Animal Man. Animal Man was good. The first yeah, 26 yeah. issues yeah, with Greg Morrison are great. amazing. Yeah. The, uh, the one with the coyotes, one of the best comics yeah. ever written. Yeah. And I'd have to, without question, if I said if I didn't say this other one, like what is it? There was one other one I had in my head and it just like disappeared. So, guys, jump to something else quick while I think about it. <laughs> you know, the uh, the Unknown Soldier, that was a great, great comic for a while. I don't know how it ended up. I didn't read the last couple issues of that. I think, what did it go, like 28 issues or yeah. something like that? Well, you but um, there's one issue you kept get, letting people have. I, I just, I, I couldn't get enough of this. I was telling everybody about this. It was the uh, the life story of, uh, from conception to where it was today, of, a, of a, an actual rifle, an AK-47, and all of the things that it has seen in right. its lifetime and, and you know from one hand to another hand to another hand and it was just it was on just this murderous killing spree and uh it, you know from from it so like a life of just one gun yeah it was like oh, a story right. told by the gun itself oh, from, from cool. when it was actually like made and, and built and you know who who owned it um you know that guy uh, he got shot or whatever at one point the gun had laid in a uh, a river or a mud puddle or something like that for 10 years until some farm boy had found yep. it and he had defended and fed his family with it for, and, and the, the gun actually liked that because it was at a time of peace for it when it was actually doing not so much what it was designed for, but what it actually liked to do it was feeding a family. And you know, and yeah. it went on from there. It was you know, there was good parts and bad parts. It was 
It was really because you didn't know where the next turn was going to be. Right. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, you want to yeah. know where the next step was going to be. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. And yeah. then and then from that, of course, a hundred bullets had a great scheme. Where hundred bullets, bullets get you guys. hundred bullets was you got a briefcase. Like say say someone did you wrong, Trey. Okay. Right. This guy would come up from the Minutemen. Yes. It's part of the Minutemen that had dissolved, and he'd give you a briefcase. He'd say, you know what? You have a hundred bullets to take care of whatever you do. As long as you take the people that wronged you, you're fine. If you shot somebody else, you go to jail. Okay. So it was pretty cool, and they actually had one guy that went off the uh, went off the rail, and he actually had that happen to him. But right. all the way right. through it, as long as you use the briefcase and the gun for the right thing, nothing would happen to you. It was okay. a wicked cool premise. Why the Last Man comes to mind. That right. was a great. Yep. That was a great. Why story. the Last Man was great. It was the first appearance of Putnam, Connecticut in a comic yep. book. That's right. Putnam, yep. Connecticut is actually yep. issue five. Yep. <laughs> also, um, also, I, I, got, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol was great. Yeah, I mean that was. Um, there were a lot of characters meshed up in a yep. in a vertigo style superhero super friends yep. type of book. See, but the cool, but the weird thing about it, if you ever read a Grant Morris comic, you can agree or disagree with me. The only problem is you have to read the whole thing because if you read in the middle, you're not going to get it because he doesn't. It, once he's done writing it, you've got the story you're like, oh, okay. But if you read like halfway through, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Well, it's just like uh, you know. I mean, I always went for some of the darker comics. I, I was never a big superhero guy, although I read a lot of Batman comics and detective comics. I always liked those, but um, and I did read a lot of Avengers and Iron Man and all, all yeah. the stuff that came out. I had to because I worked in the shop. But yeah, yeah, I always kind of graduated, gravitated towards the uh, the darker comics and uh, stuff written by like uh, you know Alan Moore. Or, oh yeah, uh, you know I mean Alan Moore was fantastic. It was a guy if you've ever seen a picture of him. He looks like he, Nostradamus. He looks like Nostradamus <laughs> yeah, or a rock that's star or something yeah, that's like that. He does not look like well, a comic you guy. You had he Ennis. doesn't want fans. He no. doesn't appreciate anything. He's almost like is his mind thought is almost like let's just take a spoonful a spoonful of laudlum and just like walk around London the, yeah, yeah. in the morning, yeah. you know, and like hermit out in the woods and just yeah. write stuff you know, and then just yeah. mail it out to a publisher. Well, yeah. He also said recently that he's almost when he gets done with this, he's right he's doing a League of a Short Gentleman right now. Yeah. yeah. Once he gets done with that, he's done. He's written everything, he's got everything he's got really? to say, he's done. Really? Okay. So I mean you gotta figure back then you had Alan Moore, you had uh, Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison you had uh, Garth Ennis. Yeah. And the other book that I forgot to say, oh Neil Gaiman, we can't forget Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman did a lot yep. of nice stuff. Yeah, his Sandman was beyond question was amazing. I, I think I think Sandman got a lot of people into comics, to be honest. I also liked a lot of the funny books. Um, you know, when I say funny books, I mean like comic strip books, yeah. books that you could right. read. And you know, I mean, every page or maybe every two or three pages was a self-contained little story or something like that. I mean, when it comes to dark independent comics. Uh, uh, Jonan uh, Vasquez, uh, Invader Zim, uh, yep, the guy who yep. wrote the Invader Zim cartoons. Yep. Uh, he did like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, yep. Squee, and stuff like yep. that, which aren't a big hit for the superhero comic booky guys. No, or no, anything, no. But uh, a laugh a minute though. I mean, very oh, yeah. dark and very funny. And uh, I wish he would do something else. You know, I, I'm talking about you talking about like stuff people are Scud the, the disposable. Scud, yeah, Scud was sure, disposable sure. assassin yeah. was a great comic. Yeah. But getting back to getting back to Vertigo, I actually remember we were forgetting one of the longest and greatest. Hellblazer. Hellblazer. That was uh, definitely one of my favorites. Oh my um, god! I could go on and on and on about oh. the Hellblazer. Yeah. The sad thing is um, now we have now we have John Constantine Light. Not as good. No, it's, not it's as light. Good. He's not yeah. as edgy. If no. Vertigo's going to go back and they want to survive, they need to bring Hellblazer back there. They really right. do. Right. But I have read the the first three issues of, of the new uh, Justice League Dark, and it's actually not bad in it. And I read I read the Dam uh, Batman the Dam, which is the oh, first yeah. Black Label, yeah. Yeah. which is not going for hundreds of bucks because we get to see uh, Little Wayne. Right. Um, right. It's actually it's about it's about Constantine and Batman looking for uh, to see who killed the Joker, 
and Batman kind of wow. not sure whether or not he might have had something to do with it or not. So it's kind of like a mystery. Sounds interesting. The, the art is amazing, but the book's going for like a hundred bucks a pop now. Really? Yeah, because you can see Little Wayne, and they said, and they said that they were going to stop. They said they were going to stop doing the um, the next time they do it. Yeah. It's going to be um, the next time they do it. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be censored. Yeah. We talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. we talked about this. Yeah, so it's pretty nice. You bought it for six dollars. It's six ninety nine. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, sure. I know. I know. I know someone who uh, ended up um, trying to get it on uh, eBay. And they were asking oh, sixty, and yes. someone got him at the last second, grabbed him, and beat him by a dollar. And he's all whining and complaining. Well, about I'm just going to skip it. Yeah, go jump into sports. We're going to jump into sports real quick. Sports. So this week for football, I picked seven games. Last week we did thirteen. I still didn't check the. Uh, the winners yet to my folder, but uh, did, we did got he, Minnesota and Philly for game one. Excuse me, real quick. Did he put a score that's actually possible? Uh, that's a great question. I yeah, thought about it after I put it. Yeah, I mean, if they score in the teams, so but so Minnesota and Philly, D man takes Philly. I took Minnesota and Trey took Minnesota. It's New York and Carolina, D man took Carolina, Shep took Carolina, and Trey took New York. Jacksonville versus Kansas City. Do, do, we, do we the cheesy Broncos? Because someone enjoyed that the last time. No, I actually left them out. Oh, okay. Fine. We got Jacksonville for D-Man, Kansas City for me, and Jacksonville for Trey. Baltimore versus Cleveland. We got two Clevelands. That's me and D-Man, and Baltimore took the only lonely Baltimore. We got Baltimore Oakland. took the only lonely Baltimore? You mean Trey? Yeah, Trey. <laughs> Well, I, figured, I, gonna, I may as well put the difference on the ones you guys chose the same of. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. well I figured I see your plan right now. <laughs> I see your plan right now. Oakland versus Chargers. I took you, Oakland. You do realize he wings it, right? Yeah, he probably, he might even win it. I know that, that's it. the sad that's, part about it. Uh, D-Man took Oakland, I took Chargers, and Trey took Oakland. I got Atlanta and Pittsburgh. D-Man took Atlanta, I took Pittsburgh, and Trey took Atlanta. And then for the points game, it was Dallas-Houston. The... State rival match of the inner state of Texas, Dallas and Houston. D-Man took Dallas, the only lonely Cowboys. And uh, me and Trey took Houston. The isn't, other dogs probably. Isn't Trey through. Aikman still throwing quarterback? Oh, and Emma Smith is running around somewhere in the wheelchair. <laughs> oh, wait, it's Tony Roma, isn't it? So D-Man for points took 52. I took 46. And Trey thinks that they're going to kick field goals and add up to 36. <laughs> so that's going to be the score. Actually, no, it's going to be 36 and nothing. tonight, go Red Sox. You know it. Go. Playoff game one yeah, at Fenway go. Park against the Yankees. Here's the thing. I know nothing about football, but I can at least hedge my bets. This is true. You can. You're right. <laughs> well, since you're the last one to pick teams, you can kind of – Yeah, the, I can kind of cheat this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, well, as we get into it, you got to get better and better at it, we yeah. hope. Anyway, me, I just... We'll find out. I haven't actually watched a single game. No, sad fact <laughs> is usually I take whatever he doesn't take. I take the opposite team. Yeah. Except, for, except for Cleveland, because I'm all about Cleveland. Yeah, so, you did, yeah. Except yeah, we tied on yeah. Cleveland. So, Trey, because um, we're, we're a little... Um, uh, Dana's busy right now, but he'll be back in a few, little yeah, bit. Doing business. Yeah, doing business. Um, here's the thing, Trey. Why don't you tell people about our setup and what we're doing as far as what we've what we've done and what we're planning on doing ahead of, as we go. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, so far, we're going to keep the Facebook Live all going... Going good. Spotify should be updated next day, two days after the live. Got it. Uh, so the uh, interview he did, that was done, what was that, Wednesday? Wednesday, yep. It was so it should be up uh, tomorrow. Should be up tomorrow. Okay. Uh, we're still waiting on approval from Apple and Google for going up on their services. Okay. So, so when I tell people we're on it, I'm lying, but okay, sure enough. You're close enough. Okay. We're on it. 
Okay, what, would be the why to be right right what would be the reasons why we wouldn't get approved? They probably got a million people that check in. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. The cl- uh, we're on SoundCloud though, right? Uh, SoundCloud, yes, yeah. that's our main hosting. So, my quick question, are, is our goal to try to get off them or to stay on them? I just want to know what our, play- our end game is. No, I mean, are we going to try to push the limit out or are they like going, yeah, you're done, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be good to stay out of. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so sorry about that. I had a phone call. Uh, calls, Bus- phone calls mean money. So business yep. is business. <laughs> so, said, yeah. so anyway, um, so we pretty much we did what we did with the football thing, and then we were talking about comics. Um, football. That's TV. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, and it's on it Sunday. It goes through the TV sometimes. Yeah. Usually, yeah. it's yeah. after church. Okay. All right, moving on. Some people care about it. I can't, I've yet to figure out why. You know me and my uh, my yeah, 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 TV. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I actually um I just recently watched uh, TV. Really? And um I'm just shocked. I can't. I have I don't have like the immune system. You know, people like have yeah. immune systems to different things. You know, I mean, I see a lot of people today that are like they get. What are you like a newborn baby well, or no, something? No, 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 no. I, I see a lot of people today that are walking around that they're they're sick. They they can't eat muffins. They can't eat corn. They can't eat this. They have this. They get oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. They, they have seizures. They do. They have all these problems, and you know, I mean, our generation, we we swam right in the Quinnebog over there with all sorts of garbage, and, and yeah, I, I don't get sick. I haven't gotten sick, and, and that's probably why, because you're probably got an immune system. Yeah, I got an immune yeah. system. So what I'm getting at is that, like, I don't have an immune system to television. So like, I'll go into like a Chinese restaurant, yeah, and they have a TV playing in there, and I'm right. just like watching the news or watching TV, and the, the news is just like. Hey, lies, 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 yeah, lies, yeah. lies, 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 <laughs> and then and then they go to commercial. And it's drugs, 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 and I'm standing there like, because <laughs> I, I have no immune system to it. I'm standing there like a doe in the head, you know, a deer yeah. the staring deer in the head. Like, yeah, yeah, gotcha. I can't. So, but see now, this now I you made an interesting question. I'm going to uh, point. I'm going to make this question. Do you think, because you and me are older, right? Do you think what's happened as we get as we have generations that the generations get less and less immune to things. I mean, look, I mean, when you grew up, did anybody, no one's allergic to peanut butter when I was growing up. No. You know, no. I mean, and that, I, I think what happens is, I think, not, I'm not trying to, I think as we evolve and we have kids and more and more with kids, they kind of get less, they're less and less immune to stuff. I could eat, when I was a kid, I don't know about it anymore, I wouldn't try it, but I mean, I, I never did try, but for instance, I mean, I, I could probably eat a poison ivy salad when I was a kid. Oh my god! Uh, it wouldn't bother me at all. But uh, I, I know our immune systems change. I'm not allergic to be. I'm not allergic to anything that I know of at all. Well, and the, and the point I'm, the reason why I make that point is the other point is because if you look at kids, right? Look how how quickly kids can figure out computers. I can't figure out a damn thing. No. When I was growing up, I didn't know anything about computers. It's kind of like when they're born, they actually have a sixth sense of this stuff. I think you're right. You know, I think you're they, right. it's frightening. It, well, the data, yeah. I mean, because I know damn well that I know I, I know there's a kid I know that can freaking I never let him touch my phone because God knows what he's gonna do to it. So <laughs> no, so you think I'm kidding? I'm serious. No, so I'm well aware. So we, we went into the comics a little bit. Why don't you tell us? Because you were talking to me about it before. Tell us about the um, the comics. Comics do have a thing like with albums too. Well, don't yeah, they? I was gonna mention that actually. That's a good segue to talk about about uh, music and records. I mean, I yeah. I deal in primarily uh, old vinyl. I don't deal in uh, brand new vinyl. A lot of the brand new vinyl that's out there, they call it, you know, 180 gram or, or just just new pressings of stuff. They are pressing everything that was old new again. But a, a lot of times you got to look for whether it says, uh, you know, reissued or remastered or whatever. Right. And a lot of the cheaper versions are actually mastered from a CD source. Right. So they're taking us, you know, they took an album and they 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 put it on a CD, and then 20 years later they're taking that CD and putting it on an album. And I don't know if you remember, like, if you were back in the day you know vcr tapes right, right. and you you took a vcr tape and you taped over it 
and taped over it or taped a VCR tape onto a second VCR tape and then took that second VCR tape, taped it onto a third VCR tape, the quality just goes yeah. down. The right, tubes, right. Every time you do every it. Every time you do it. So right. yeah. uh, mostly ideal in, in, in new pressings of stuff. I mean, I'm sorry, new uh, old pressings, first pressings, um, just high quality vinyl. I don't mess around with, uh, you know, a lot of bargain bin stuff or uh, uh, stuff that belongs to the Salvation Army. I, I generally do, uh, you know, rock and roll blues, psychedelic stuff, looking for high quality stuff and I'm buying, buying, buying all the time. I always I always have new stuff, I get new records in all the time. But getting back to your first question about you know the art that's on the covers of a lot of old albums and new albums, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of artists, not all of them, not, no actually not many of them are, are, are comic book artists, but you know, you look at like Grateful Dead covers, they all have, you know, paintings and they're exquisite. Um, or or uh, you know, uh, uh, Pink Floyd or, or Led Zeppelin or just about anything. A lot of them have painted covers, mm -hmm. um, but getting to like comic book artists, you have um, you, uh, most, one of the most uh, iconic ones would be uh, right behind you is uh, Robert Crumb, um, who did uh, all sorts of uh, kind of adult comic right. stuff from the 60s well, he's and like, 70s. Like kind of with Zippy uh, the Pinhead kind of thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. He, uh, um, he did one of the most iconic album covers. Um, Big Brother and the Holding Company, which was uh, Janis Joplin's yep. band, they did uh, Cheap Thrills. Um, Bernie Wrightson, one of my very favorite. I'm a, a when it comes to comic books, I, I love horror comics from the '60s and '70s. Oh, yeah. House of Secrets, House of Mystery, Unexpected, yep. and uh, he was a premier artist that really didn't do a whole lot of full-length comics, but he usually did either the covers or the first splash page or whatever. And his inking oh, and, and pencils are. Um, some of the best. Uh, well, he did. Well, he died doing that Frankenstein comic. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, he did. Uh, well, I don't know if he, well, he, well, he didn't do die doing that. But well, he, he just, died a few years. I, was he doing a second part to it? I well, think. actually, it was like a third or fourth part. And okay. I think uh, uh, was it, uh, Kelly kid took over for him. Oh, that. Uh, well, he's good too. Yeah. He's really good too. But uh, I was looking the other day at a Savoy al uh, Savoy Brown album cover, and uh, he uh, an album called Looking In, yeah. um, and uh, he had did the uh, the cover to that. Is, uh, I mean, right away you could see it. He oh, yeah, oh yeah, There's, there were some know, artists you can tell as soon as you see them. He did a cover for um, uh, a Meatloaf album as well, which was okay. It was kind of um, very Conan the Barbarian, yeah. this big muscle guy yeah, on, yeah. A, on a ship or something like that. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, so it wasn't one of his Bad Out of Hell? Three, no, four, no, no, no. Uh, Bad Out of Hell is a good, um, I, I think... Uh, Boris Vallejo, I yeah. believe, did uh, did uh, Bad Out of Hell. And that, that's a staple if you're growing that's, up. Oh, sure. 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 You had, if you didn't yeah. have that, you were like you weren't cool. And, and you know, um, as far as the record, the record is a bestseller. It's a good sounding album. Every song on it's fantastic. Um, but uh, the album cover. Oh, the album cover. It's just, you got to hang on the wall. Uh, that's gotta, a fantastic right. album cover. So, um, a quick question: talking about Crumb, right? And these guys in here, tell the story you told me the other day, because I think they get in. You guys would love to go Okay, story. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a crumb by crumb. This is a really good well, story. Well, that album cover there on the wall, uh, Cheap, Cheap Thrills by Big Brother and the Holding Company, uh, he did that album cover for Janis Joplin in 1967, 68, I think. And uh, just, I, I saw a documentary with Robert Crumb, and he's a very odd, weird, skinny, strange man. Um, very good artist. Uh, but... Uh, he recently had, um, well, I mean, not recently, but uh, years ago, he had sold a small briefcase of his art uh, to a collector and had enough money, just from that sale alone, that he bought a secluded house in the Alps of France, <laughs> and, uh, where he does his own thing there. Um, he does not need the money. But um, when he did need the money, back in the day, uh, he, so he was, uh, during this, this uh, um, interview with Crumb, he was showing uh, some college students, um, some art majors, 
he was standing in front of a whole class of like 18 year olds who had no idea who he was and whatsoever but he was trying to talk to them about uh, um, how to promote their art, how to sell it, when they should reserve the rights to their art and never sell their originals if they can if they can help it. And yeah. he was showing a slideshow of his art, and he showed he showed Cheap Thrills, the album cover for Cheap Thrills, and um, it's iconic. And uh, today is probably worth just if the original art, if it still exists somewhere, is, is worth millions of dollars. And uh, he was showing the class, you know, don't sell your original art. Always get the copyright information. Always patent your art. Try to sell just prints of it, and if you do sell it, you know, make sure that you get a lot of money for it. You show Cheap Thrills, the album cover. He got, he says, ah, I got sixty bucks for that. <laughs> so, so it's a good idea, you know, always to, to to hold on to your original art if you have it, you know, before you become famous. There you go. So um, the, on the, and I'll, talking to Dana, Dana can answer any question you want as far as music goes. He told me something about. You told me what something about Foghat. One of the guys was wanted by the. Was it Foghat? No, 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 no. Um. Uh, I thought it was Foghat. No, I think it was uh, Iron Butterfly. Iron Butterfly, uh, yes, I saw, right. yeah, I saw a documentary. I love documentaries, and this is back when I used to watch TV. TV. While well, he had a filter. And, yeah. Um, and or I an watched immune a, system, wasn't that? Yeah, 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 I watched a documentary, um, uh, and uh, I don't know if it was a documentary or if it was on 60 Minutes. It might have been on 60 Minutes, actually, long ago. Um, and uh, the bass player from Iron Butterfly, uh, if you don't know Iron Butterfly, they, their, their big song was... Uh, in a Gata de Vida, yep. which I mean, when I say big song, I mean it was like 27 minutes. It took all of one side of one album. Right, and the funny thing was, there was a there was a guy on the radio one day who said, uh, said that oh, it, um, Iron Butterfly is going to play at a show somewhere. He goes, if you're lucky, they might play another song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was yeah, actually pretty In a Gata de Vida is a really long song. It's and, a great song. Though. Coincidentally, the song was actually uh, um, it was called in. The Garden of Eden. Right. And uh, I guess the drummer was just such a drunk that, uh, you know, they would play it over and over and over, kind of like Joe's Garage. They yeah, play yeah. it over and over. And, uh, you know, one drunken day, he's just like, let's play in a Gata de Vida. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> but um, I saw in 60 Minutes one night, you know, this is this band of peace and love and, and all, you know, these warm, wonderful, flowery feelings and yeah. stuff. Uh, psychedelic music, and uh, he was on 60 Minutes. He was an arms dealer, and uh, he was one of the 10 oh, wow. most wanted on Interpol and the CIA was looking for him because he was uh, uh, dealing uranium or plutonium. He was dealing nuclear weapons, I understand. Uh, I don't know if that's time From there to there, like, yeah, yeah, like, that's from one extreme to the other. Yeah. How does that even happen? You know, I don't know. It's, it's like, like just playing in a. And then you just, can't find the guy. You know, psychic band. <laughs> it just, you wake up one day and go, yeah, this. This music thing. What? Did somebody come up and go like, hold this? You know? What <laughs> <laughs> do you want to make some extra money? <laughs> oh, so kind of like, does anybody want this? Hey guys, you I was at Chernobyl yesterday. <laughs> yeah, what I could buy a lot of drugs if I sold this. Yeah, <laughs> really. It's like, or it's like, or, or is he walking by a, a door and this thing just falls out and catches and go? Yeah, maybe I should. Must have been my lucky day. <laughs> I'm gonna sell this, baby. Why, yeah, really. why is this glowing? <laughs> Wow, that's why am I glowing? Yeah, why, am I glowing? <laughs> why am I suddenly green? That can't be good. But no, I just, I just, I just think it's great. I mean, I think music itself is great. I mean, I think it's funny how you know everything went from like it went from albums being big, then cassettes, then we had CDs, and now it's kind of gone full circle. Oh my goodness! I mean, a lot of people will ask you how many times am I going to buy the White Album over and over right. and over. And I just looked at uh, a, um, a web page recently that uh, catalogs all of the versions of albums. It's uh, one of my resources that I go to um, and uh, I looked up the White Album. There are on vinyl actual pressed copies and when I say pressed copies I mean first pressing, second pressing, Apple, Capital, uh, uh, the different and, and then um, you know uh, uh, different different weights, uh, uh, 
a different uh, um, like like Sears would have sold it or record stores or Columbia House or and then yeah. you know Turkey, Venezuela, France, Italy, Germany, yeah. Russia, all the different every time this thing was pressed, they cataloged it. There are at the time of the other day, it's probably gone up since then, but four hundred and seventy four versions of wow. the white album. They're all exactly the same except for where they were minor different. difference. Yeah. 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 So if I was to if I was to ask because uh, I asked this to the other guy it was easier if you were stuck in a desert island or stuck in an island what what CD would you bring Tom Waits the Mule There you go I love the album through and through and you know what which is weird because Tom Waits is one of those things you either like him or you hate him and uh, it's like Frank Zappa not every album is the same so uh, I mean I like Frank Zappa but I'm not a huge fan of his I like one album of his completely through and through every song on it and I can't stand the rest. Right. Um, I like uh, uh, the uh, Working Man's Dead from The Grateful Dead. Yeah. I like every song on it. I can't stand The Grateful Dead. Right. Any other album, I can't stand them. Tom Waits, same thing. I like The Mule. Yeah. Uh, it's called Variations, The Mule. Right. Every song on it, fantastic. You know, you say The Grateful Dead, the only song I really like by The Grateful Dead is Shakedown Street. That's the only song, and that's kind of a poppy song. That's, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. But it's, I mean, I mean don't get me wrong, there's a lot of other songs I like. Sure. But you know, if I had to pick um, an album, I if I want to stuck, there'd be two albums I'd be, I'd take. I'd take one over the other. Either take Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Fantastic, right behind you. Yep. Or yep. or I would take Sgt. Pepper from uh, Beatles. Sgt. So, Pepper's. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yep. because yeah. either one of those Beatles, two, yeah. Because those are two of the two of my favorite albums of all time. And I'm also a firm believer. Whenever you hear Pink Floyd, it's a good day. Yeah. So what would you do, uh, Trey? What would you take? Okay, yeah, I knew you'd have an yeah. answer. Yeah, probably, probably Beatles. Well, well, you can't, you got to only take one. I'd take the White Album, too, maybe, because Rocket, Rock, Rocket, Rocket, Rocket. Rocket. Dude, you know, yeah. I think my favorite Beatles, what's your favorite Beatles song? Favorite Beatles song? Right. Uh, believe it or not, my favorite Beatles song is For the Benefit of Mr. Kite. Beautiful. I love that song, because it's yeah. such a messed up song. Dear Prudence. No, great, great, my favorite. great call. My favorite. The funny thing is, I actually watched on Channel 2, they actually had a thing because Sergeant Pepper had its anniversary. Yeah. They had a thing that explained how they did every song. And let me tell you something, wow. Sergeant Pepper, they were like, they were do, using different things, and it's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, the top. Yep. Yeah. He had a, um, they had like, uh, they used like the uh, music from a, um, a carousel. Sure. They just threw, they threw whatever they could out the window. Oh, you know what's thing. interesting? Uh, you had mentioned uh, Dark Side of the Moon by uh, Pink Floyd. Um, I don't, do you know who the engineer on that was? It was. One no of the guys from was it one of the guys from Emerson Lake at Palmer or was it um, the Alan Parsons project? I, I, you got me on that. Uh, you know, I had seen a documentary on it. I cannot remember who it was, but um, the guy who engineered that record actually sat down and engineered that record. He is um, the guy in the '60s. He's early '60s at that, maybe even late '50s, early '60s. He recorded digitally when when there wasn't really much of a digital thing. Right. He recorded digitally back then. Um, all the sounds, the sound bite sounds that we take for, for granted today. When you okay. hear, like, um, when you push a button at a crosswalk and it goes, dee, dee, right, right, dee, right, right. he yeah. recorded that. Um, the sounds of, like, you know, you have on your phone or something of, uh, you know, an alarm clock. Right, right. Or, or a grandfather clock. Or, or phone all the, ringing. Or, or the phone ringing. Or, you yeah. know, when, you, when you're watching a television program and, it, you know, it rings or something like that. Or, or a microwave goes off. He recorded all of those sounds digitally in the 60s. Jeez. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't you. We all okay. seen it. Who's peace? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing we have one with. Uh, uh, there you go. River Bottom Records. We have bees. Today. Yeah, bees. bees, bees, and not to killer bees, but anyway. <laughs> so you know, it's funny you mentioned that about that because you were talking about uh, about the pink about Pink Floyd, um, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. 
I actually saw, I was actually, there's, there's a uh, channel, um, 850, I might think it's Axis Radio Music or whatever, and they do a lot of things they do, like, and they did a thing about um, Wish You Were Here album. Evidently, Wish You Were Here was such a hard album to make that it pretty much set the tone for them to leave, to, for them to break up. It was because, I guess, Roger Waters had a hard time, and it was like they had a really hard time making the, making the album. And from that, I guess it kind of set the stage for them to actually decide, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't what we want to do anymore. I understand but, Sid showed up. Showed up during the recording. And they had no idea who he was. They didn't even know who he was. I nope. saw a picture of him and he wouldn't have recognized no, him. No, they, they even said it. They even said we had no idea who he was. Because I guess they wanted Sid to be there and Sid just kind of did a no-show, disappeared and all that. So I guess there's a lot of stuff about that. And they did, and what ended up happening is they did the, they did that, and of course they went on and did Dark Side of the Moon after that. And the fun, the funniest thing, I, the funniest thing I think about Floyd that I remember, and it's just, I think it's amazing, is that when they went to do the Wall, they had, uh, Roger Waters had two albums he wanted to, do. the Wall and and uh, the Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking. Okay. My question, and I've always said this all the time, is what if they'd gone the other way? What if they'd done Pros and Cons instead? What kind of difference would that have made? Oh, boy. That would have made such a difference. Think about it. Do you wonder if the culture would actually change? I mean, the Pink Floyd culture. Though, I mean, right. the, uh, I mean, one of the another interesting thing about uh, the Dark Side of the Moon, um, an album I've been looking for for some time. Now, again, there's different versions of every right, right, album. Right, right. One version of uh, the Dark Side of the Moon that I've been looking for is a uh, um, they. They, they made a quadraphonic version of it. Uh, it's actually, uh, um, you know, say right at the top, you know, quadraphonic. Right. And um, they made a super quadraphonic as well. Um, and to play a super quadraphonic record, you would, and there were very few of them pressed. Um, the, the, the super quadraphonic. So unless you're worth a lot of money. They are worth a ton of money. Um, but uh, the super quadraphonic record, to play it, um, you would need a, a quadraphonic, at least a quadraphonic uh, turntable and a quadraphonic receiver and many speakers to do it. Now the super quadraphonic is actually interesting because it's split up not just in stereo. Now let me tell you the difference between mono and stereo for the people that don't know. M mono recordings, like if you got like the Beatles Revolver, you can get it on mono. Back in the day you could have got it on mono or, or, right, right. or, or stereo. And, and I always use the Beatles as a good reference because they started at a time where everything is in mono. Mono is like literally like an old gramophone. If you've ever seen like a uh, a picture of an old gramophone that has just the big horn on yep, it, yep. or whatever. That is mono. Mono means it's coming out of one speaker. And then later, the stereos came along, like the hi-fi, the big credenzas that our parents had that was just basically a, uh, it was a TV, record player, A-track, liquor cabinet, all in one. And it was, you know, the the, the old uh, uh, hi-fi, and they had a speaker on both sides. Those were stereos. Yeah, we had like a tabletop in the middle yeah, of the yeah. player, and the speakers on the other Those side. Those are stereos. Yeah. And then, yeah. interestingly, the Beatles said the stereo thing's never going to catch on. It's just, <laughs> you know, that's ridiculous. Mono does sound better, especially when played through a stereo. But, right. um, but the thing is that when Beatles albums came out, mono was the thing, and they would actually record two different versions. Right. They would record a mono version, and then they'd go back in the studio and record a stereo version. Okay. So you listen to the early Beatles albums that were in stereo; they are two different albums, right, even right, though right, they right. sound pretty good because they were really good musicians. Right, right, right. But later, uh, well, so, actually, so, they're really good writers too. So, so I mean, the early Beatles albums—if you were trying to get those early albums on stereo—they're really hard. Because they, nobody had a stereo. Everybody had a mono or a gram, right. gramophone of some sort. And then later, like in the late 60s, by the time uh, like Rubber Soul or, or Revolver came out, you could get them in mono or stereo. So my, my and question... And they were, they were, they were, the, the mono ones 
were getting harder to get because more people had stereo. So if you wanted a monocopy, you wouldn't just walk into Kmart or Caldors or Sears right. or wherever you bought a records. You had to go to an actual record shop and go, oh, by the way, Revolver's coming out in two months. Order me a monocopy, specifically a monocopy. Now, getting back to the Pink Floyd thing, you have the, the Super Quadraphonic. Yeah. Okay, so you have a Quadraphonic turntable, you have a Quadraphonic uh, receiver, and you have that baby, a big one, you have it hooked up to 12 speakers, 12 speakers, because if you listen to a super quadraphonic copy of The Dark Side of the Moon, um, time comes on and it's going tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, ding 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 ding, and all the, all the, all the yeah, bells and around. everything's going off. Now every speaker will start doing things at different times and even the tick tocking sound will bounce from speaker 6 to speaker 3 yeah, one to side, speaker yeah, 4 yeah. to speaker 8 and then and then the, the, the alarm clock or the, the, the grandfather's clock will start going gong, gong, yeah, yeah. and it'll start spinning left <laughs> oh, to nice. right while, while the TikTok sound is spinning right to left. And then the alarm clock going off is just going from six to eight to four to five to seven to two. And you know what? You're going to lose it. That, that is probably the coolest sounding thing you will ever hear yeah. and that I wish to hear someday. And to follow that up, I just recently got a quadraphonic receiver i don't have a quadraphonic turntable but i have a quadraphonic receiver and i just got um from the late 70s some brand new two of them were brand new sealed in the box and i don't even know how that happens but uh cs99s from pioneer which were nice. the king kongs of the 70s oh yeah, yeah and everything that every speaker that's ever been made was yeah. either they're as good as them they're not as good as them or they're better than them it actually made all the speaker companies step up and make a better speaker cs99s are 100 watts a piece yeah. i have four of them two of them are brand new two of them were sealed in the box and i took them out the other day hooked them up to my quadraphonic receiver it was a a, a sansui yeah. qsx 3500 and I turned it up to, because this thing can take it. This thing can take it. I turned it up to seven, yeah. which is just monstrously loud. Yeah. And you've seen the memes on Facebook that say, okay, they show this big stereo system. What would you play on it first? Yeah. What would you play on it first? Uh, what would I play on it first? Wow. I'd play, um, it's seriously, I'd play the Beatles. Okay. I'd play. What, I'd, any song? Uh, any, I'd just play, the, I'd play the Sgt. Pepper album. Okay. You guys? I mean, the biggest, baddest stereo ever. What would you play on it first? I mean, if you just like sit down with the Memorex, the Maxell Memorex guy yeah. in the chair. Oh my God, they don't, <laughs> remember, they don't remember him. That's oh, yeah. way past yeah. their time. No, yeah. you actually, if I had to play one song, the song I would play would be Hell's Bells from ACDC. Beautiful, okay. Beautiful. There's, because, never, there's never a wrong answer. Well, no, no, but you know why? Because I don't know about you, but Hell's Bells, every time I hear that song, I think I'm like walking at midnight with a full moon in a cemetery. That's how I, that's yeah. how I, that's how my you guys? Come on, I'd probably be like a Metallica or something, so a lot of guitar and like, you know, okay. you know, or maybe like Kill Switch Engage right now, so double drums or something, you know. Fraggle Rock, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you what I played. I played See, one I'm of more these than days. New, I'm going to so is yeah. that, you know what I, I played mean? one of these days by Pink Floyd. Oh, great, great. Gink, gink, You know, it just yeah, yeah. kicked. It just kicked. But no, I mean you can't go wrong with Floyd. I mean Floyd was yeah. amazing. I mean, what they did, you know, I might even play I might even play a Queen song. Nice. You know, like I said, there's never a wrong answer to that. There really know, isn't. And just to let you know, I know you don't you don't watch TV that much, but getting back to Queen real quick, they got the, the they got the um, the the movie coming out. Um, yes. That yes. movie looks amazing. It, it actually does. It actually yeah. does. No, I actually do sit a lot of time in front of a television, um, but I don't watch programmed, right. commercialized, right. cable. 
Um, I, yeah. If you recommend a season of something, I'll watch it. If you lend me a movie, I'll watch it. Right. I, I watch a lot of movies, actually. Yeah. But, but uh, Saints, but anyway. But, uh, yeah, the Queen movie does look really good. Yeah. yeah. It looks amazing. The guy says a really good job with it. It's like, yeah. I was like, wow. And just, I just, you know, and I think it's, I actually, I watched the documentary. I, I watched documentary, too. And I watched one about Freddie Mercury, right, and Queen and all that. And what I wasn't aware of is he was big time into um, opera. And he got together oh, with, sure. with an opera person. I never knew that. And he was like pushing it, and that's why a lot of their songs are operatic. Because okay. he was, and I mean, he was pushing for certain things, and I guess at the end he knew he was dying. You know, and he, I mean, he knew it, and it's like, it's kind of sad and kind of, kind of, kind of bittersweet that they got even more popular as he was getting ready to die. I mean, I mean, they're, they're icons, I'm sorry. I mean, without question. So I, I say, I, even in the sports world, their music, like, is advertisement by, like, oh, sports yeah. teams, like, you know. Oh, we, we were rock champions. Anthem. Yeah, now they play every game you hear if you go. Well, it's funny that you right. mention that because uh, I, uh, uh, you know, I listen to, um, I'm not a sports fan, but I, I do end up listening to a lot of uh, the Red Sox games on radio. I don't watch TV and I listen to them on the radio. I listen to the radio and uh, I listen to them on, on uh, the Boston station and they uh, they have a lot of bumper music, yeah. you know, and, and it's funny because some of the some of the music they play, I'm like, this is budgie. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing budgie at Fenway, yeah. you know, this is fantastic. Well, you know, the, the funny thing being, it's like, the funny thing being is it's like, you know, you, you look at, uh, I'll give you a question, I'll give you a question that I've asked many times to people. You, we all know that the 70s had great musicians. We all, we, we, we all agree, correct? Yeah. yeah. The question to me, to you is, has any band that's in the 70s, like the 90s and um, the 90s and such, the only band I can actually see myself personally that actually I can say that has longevity and was like, like you know, iconic in a way is probably you too. You know, as far as that goes, because I mean, think about other bands. Other bands are like the Stones, the seventies. I'm talking yeah. about of the came up from you know from the eighties. It always that. changed with like generations. Well, but I'm saying is you got a bunch of bands like everybody's like like a lot of people said, oh, Duran Duran's gonna be the next Beatles. You know I mean, what I'm saying? You too. They are terrible, and they've been terrible um, for two decades now. But but what I'm saying to you is they're but they're one of the few bands that you can actually put. I like agree. And that I'm not saying they're great bands. And it's my opinion. Now, right. I don't mean that they are terrible. They're 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 famous. They're they're mega rich. They've written iconic songs. They're they're, they're huge. Everybody knows who they are. It doesn't matter what country you are. I mean, they've written some great songs. If I had to go to another band, I'd go REM. Really? Yeah. Everybody hurts. You know it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> happy people. <laughs> I mean, I would have said you know. Like Blind Melon. Or Blind Melon. No, 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 I'm, I'm saying that it lasted at least 20 or 30 years. You know, what I'm one thing about the music from the 90s and then in the early 2000s and, and to the end of the second decade of, of, of the 21st century Do is there, there are no supergroups, and there no. probably will never be a supergroup anymore. No. And I had this discussion with somebody the other day about what is a supergroup, what makes a supergroup, what, you know, I mean, what, can you think of what what is the last super group? And 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 a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, um, um, I don't I don't know, Guns and Roses or they had a like TV that. show on though. They made try to make a super group. Where they had to take, like people from I think Flea. And they took a bunch of like people from yeah, other bands, I mean, I, I, and like it the didn't Red work Red out because their personalities just didn't sure, didn't sure. match. I mean, like, like Red Hot Chili Peppers are they a super group? I, I don't think They're so. Just very popular. I, don't think so. I mean, yeah. I think us, us Offspring. Being, no. Yeah, I see. I'm trying no, to start I mean, smash Republicans. No, no, and I just kind of wonder. It's like, you know, are we so jaded in our age? I mean, we're we're 
Well, the thing comes closer right now is probably uh, to me, I uh, Green Day kind of. Yeah, like, I mean, we're in our forties and fifties. I think we have this ideal of what is and what isn't a supergroup. Well, you, you know? see, but the problem is now is just so it's. I think what it is is back then, you know, it was start. You know, it was a start of something. Now it's you just trying like and uh, to quote Jared Garcia from from um, the Grateful Dead. I was reading an article in Hartford Current one time. And they asked him what they thought, and he said it was sad. This was back when he was alive, so it's probably the 80s. It's always good to do an interview when you are alive. Well, this is true. You'd like, yeah, well, if you did it, if you did it otherwise, it would be kind of scary. Yeah, a lot of dead exactly, air. Yeah, exactly, a lot of dead air. What would... <laughs> <laughs> Come back in here. He had to walk out, he's like, oh, I gotta go. I killed me. Yeah, well, I think the thing is with music with bands, you usually have the lead singer, it becomes very popular. And you really don't know the people behind them. Right. Like back in the day, you know, you knew all the Beatles, right? Sure. You know what I mean? So you get that, that ego of that one person, and then when it comes contract time or new record deals, they kind of get their, well, their own record, and then the other people right. behind them don't, don't like that or right. don't agree yeah. with it, and then all of a sudden they split. And then what happens with a lot of new stuff now happens, and plus a lot of new stuff now is also tapped from all the old music. So it's kind of... It's true. You know what I mean? Like it's going full circle again, but it's it's one of those things where you're hearing stuff from like the sixties and seventies and eighties now with the groups that are playing right now. That's true. So anyway, as I was saying with Jerry Garcia, um, he said in the interview, he said, It's sad that the only thing we have that's new to music is rap. And uh, if you ask me, I think that pretty much sets it all right there. And that was back in the eight, late yep. 80s, I think, or whatever, yeah. whenever, before yeah. he passed away. I mean, I've never been a big fan of rap. I know when it first came out, um, all my friends were listening to it, so I, I kind of got a taste for some of the early stuff. And I don't really, uh, I don't like rap, gangster rap, any, any kind of rap, but um, I always respected, like, Run DMC. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, the Beasties. Oh, yeah. Love the Beasties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love the Beasties. So, you know, here's the funny thing, though. First... First rap song was done by Blondie. Rapture was the first Rapture? rap song. Sure, sure. It was the first rap yeah, song. Yeah. And everybody's like, "What, Blondie? Who's that?" Grandmaster Flash. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's some early stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, Run DMC was fantastic. Oh, they were. Well, they, hey, they teamed up with Aerosmith. I saw that. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you see it the other day? They had, they were uh, they're on. Uh, one one of the it was probably Saturday Night Live or something yeah. like that, but where the the whole band in the in the cast from from the show yeah. are all playing on on children's toys or, yeah. or schoolhouse toys or whatever, yeah. and they played Walk This Way. They had uh, one or two of the guys. I think there's only two guys left from from Run Run DMC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that's the yeah. guy got killed yeah. in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And they had the guys from uh, Aerosmith, and it was funny because uh, of course Steve Tyler he has a good time no matter where he is. Oh so yeah, he's front and center singing. Saying yeah. walk this way, and, yeah. and the guys behind him, the rest of the guys in the band, they didn't look like they were having a very good time. But the funniest, <laughs> the funniest part was like, you know, two or three minutes into the song, they were laughing. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, got, it got good. It oh, got yeah. good fast. It was funny. Well, you know, it probably brings back those old memories they had, too. Yeah, like, yeah. And, all the and then they were all playing and... on, like, uh, children's toys. So, I mean, yeah, there was, yeah. like, toy ukuleles and toy little bongos. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the guys from Run DMC had... I don't know what he had, but he had it inside one of his Adidas sneakers, and he was shaking it back oh, and forth. Nice. Oh my gosh, it was, it was, That's it, awesome. it was actually the talent. Well, it wasn't just funny. They had to pull it, it off, good. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know the, the funny thing being, I mean, if you look, at, you look at music and all that and all that stuff, and, you know, I, I feel bad for the people that are young now because they don't get to experience the stuff that, I, that, you know, me and you experienced. You know what I mean? They, I mean, on so at, many I mean, levels, they won't. Well, I mean, I'll give you an example. I went inside Blue Oyster Cult and Black Sabbath back in the 70s, right? I paid 8 bucks for a ticket, 8 bucks for a t-shirt, and 8 bucks to park. That's 24 bucks, and I saw three bands. Sure. And $2 beer. I didn't drink beer, though. I was no, too no, young. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. My first cheap. show was uh, Junk Hotel. I still have the tickets, though. 
six bucks. Nice. My first, actually, my first show was actually the Outlaws at the uh, Cape Cod Coliseum. Nice, nice. They're good. What's your first show there? Uh, I remember. Oh my God! You're not no, that's there. a good I show. That's more, more to sports. I watch wow. sports. I didn't really go to a concert. Trey, you've been to a concert? I have. I. Trying to remember. Oh my god. <laughs> I go to like that's the food concert. Yeah, it was down at the casino, you know, the cover band. Wow, like, that's amazing. We don't like remember. The Bob Marley cover band, these guys from Canada. I'm trying to remember as far as the big shows. Oh my god. Almost all the ones I went to were little local ones. You know, you're you're just you're just great. Trey. I really am. You are awesome. I don't I'm, care. I'm <laughs> great until you give me a decision. Yeah. <laughs> Which is almost every time you talk to me. Pretty much, I'm just, but you know what? You're the go-to guy, so you're, you're keep the shit because it rocks for you. Yep, really. Yeah, anyway, there you go. Shh, ten years after. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. In a decade. That was good. That was good. Okay. Wow. No, most of the stuff I did was uh, I had several friends that were in different bands, so they all get together and go play a few different venues. So I'd help them do like their merch and give sure, it a sort. Yeah. Yeah. Be so the I tech guy, huh? Well, he was the Effectively, roadie. yes, actually. <laughs> Effectively. Now, were you on time for those? Because we've got to talk about that at some point. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know. You were saying you wanted, so um, we want to, uh, we got any other questions for him? We want to wrap this up. Uh, what do you guys want to do? You want to? Uh, I don't know. We could wrap it up. Yeah, we probably should wrap it up because they're going to close the street off shortly. Yeah. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll go for like a couple more minutes and we'll do it. Sure. So, anyway, um, anything you want anybody to know as far as music goes? Uh, anything? Uh, what was. Okay, I'll ask you a question. What sells really well? You know what sells the best? And, and it, it, it's, it's iconic. It's uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. You know, if somebody was to walk in and say, Dana, would you buy 30 copies of Fleetwood Mac Rumors? I'd say absolutely yes. And you know what? By the end of maybe a week or two, I wouldn't have a copy left. Which is really weird because it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's a great album. You know, I mean, I've listened to it. It is indeed a great album. But what drives the sales of an old Fleetwood Mac record? Right. I mean, but... It sells. It sells. It sells. It sells. Well, let, Billy, Billy, uh, Billy Joel. He sells good too. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, no, you're right. You know, it's funny because you're like you wouldn't think that. You know, you'd think it'd be something like Pink Floyd or. Well, there's a lot of albums that I don't see a whole lot of, and they sell very quickly as well. I mean, a, a good uh, a good one would be um, Thriller by, by by Michael Jackson. Jackson. You know, I don't see as many copies of that as you used to. Right. You used to be able to go into like a uh, Salvation Army and they'd be all yeah, over the place. People now are keeping them because yeah, they know it's it, eventually... It is, a, it is a great they album. They might have one of it 10 copies album. left in the world. What I generally do when I get an album collection and I get an album collection at least every, you know twice a week or so and uh, after I clean them and inspect them and make sure that they're good for sale um, I'll do a flip video. Basically a video of me going through them and uh, like like you would a record bin or whatever, and then I, I put it on Facebook and I get a lot of hits. What is that? How much is that? What pressing is that? What condition is that? How much is it? You know, and uh, can you hold it? Um, and uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller does not last more than a few minutes. That's amazing. On that note, no, it was strange. Like I said, it came out so fast and it wasn't what I meant. So on that note, we're, 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 we're <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I was leaning towards the thing too, so in my defense, well. As I said, Dana, this is great. We'd love to talk more, but we know that there are things that are going on and whatnot, so we want to, we're going to wrap it up on that note. Um, Dana, thanks for thanks for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. We'll probably come back again and wrap it up. Wrap it up. So take it. Oh God, you said it twice. I was waiting for you to like. <laughs> yep, he said it once. I'm like, okay, and then he said it again. I'm like, wait for it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <man. laughs> wow. So. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Not a problem. You'll be back, I'm sure. We're going to love you back. Yeah, thank you for letting us do it here. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. We, um, 
like I say, and I'll say it, to, I'll say it again and again and again. Anybody who wants to be on the show can be on the show. We don't care. We're, we're more than willing to have somebody on the show. And on that note, I just want to thank everybody who's listened to us on Spotify. Um, we're not on Google and Apple yet, so I'm sorry if I keep saying that. And on uh, SoundCloud. Please keep listening. For, uh, follow us, you know, whatever. Tell us the people. Share it. Yep. If you want to have you had something, you want us to talk to somebody or something like that, let us know. We'll see if we can do it. Or if you have questions you want to ask, it's not all about comics. We do comics and music here. We do sports. We'll do anything except for politics. Why is it you never have an answer? <laughs> because before you'd always say music and politics, but we kind of just spent an entire podcast talking about music. All right, so what is it? Politics. And religion. There you go. Aww. Yeah. Two of my favorite subjects. Oh, my I God. Know. We'll get to it next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll, do, we'll get on it next time. On that and note, i got to end this with a fuck. There you go, because you didn't swear. Yeah, you got to swear. Again, Dana, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Take care. See you guys. We'll be back next week.